industrial and high-risk runoff on this episode of Enviropod. This is Enviropod for Fairfax County. I'm Scott Coco. What we talk about on this podcast is all the incredible things that the Department of Public Works and Environmental Services does for the county. So one thing I like about doing this podcast is that you learn. You learn a lot of cool stuff that you had no idea was going on, stuff that's incredibly important that the county does for the environment. And so today I have with me Takesha Cannon, who is an ecologist with the Stormwater Management Division of DPWES. And hi, Takesha. How you doing? Hello. <laughs> I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thank you for coming in today. I know people in your field don't often come out and talk about what they do. So really appreciate you coming out today. Oh, thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about what you do. What you, What's your position here? Um, my position here, I'm an ecologist for, and I work within the Watershed Assessment Branch within Stormwater Planning Division, which is within DPWES. Okay. And just a little bit about you. How did you uh, become an ecologist? What What got you into doing this? Uh, well, I'd like to be able to say there was a grand plan to all of this, but um, I think it really just started out with where I grew up on the eastern shore of Maryland um, on the peninsula. So the water, the Chesapeake Bay and the Atlantic Ocean um, played a major factor in our lives in terms of, you know, the seafood industry, tourism and whatnot. Um, so as I got older and I thought about um, what I was going to do in college, I gravitated towards um, environmental science and with a focus on water quality. And um, when it was, you know, finished graduate school and it was time for me to come out and find a career, um, I, you know, ended up working with a, a consulting firm and we had clients within EPA's headquarters in the Washington, D.C. area. And that's where I really um, came into the regulatory part of the job that I do. And so that became pretty, pretty interesting to me, how we um, think about um, defining good water quality and how we manage it and how we try to achieve that. And I guess we grew up in the time of the Chesapeake Bay was not necessarily in great condition. And um, everything that was done in the late 70s and throughout the 80s um, and really noticing the problems and then trying to correct from that. Is that was that a factor, too? Yeah, I think that was a that was a factor as well for me getting into this. But. Yeah, and of course, everybody knows that Chesapeake Bay is just a gem. It's a jewel, and, you know, trying to care for that and understand, even just how to understand how, how it functions is very interesting to me. So, yeah, that was a big factor in how it got into this work. Well, and something that we have talked about before um, with stormwater and, and understanding that um, – the amount of water that flows underneath and through Fairfax County mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, it, it starts in one end of the county and really Fairfax County ends up being a filter of everything that goes in towards the Chesapeake Bay and uh, and that how the, the things that we do and it might seem miles and miles away. You're out in the middle of a meadow somewhere, and what mm-hmm. goes on there has an effect, you know, a couple hundred miles away down into <laughs> right. the, the Chesapeake Bay. 
Right. That's pretty amazing, you know, to to have that realization and try to make that connection. And that's one of the things that we try to do through our program, even though um, what I work on is pretty, you know, specialized and focused on on businesses. Um, throughout our program within stormwater planning, we try to help people to understand those connections between what happens um, on the land and what's happening in our waters. Um, so tell me about your the program that you work on and then and what the high-risk runoff inspection program does. So um, we start off with a, with a bunch of acronyms, so I'll apologize early, but our program um, that I manage really comes out of, part of it comes out of the Municipal Separate Storm Sewer System permit that Fairfax County has from the State Department of Environmental Quality. So you'll hear us say terms like MS4 permit, and those the four S's is really for the separate storm sewer system. <laughs> so, okay. so that's one acronym. Um, but one of the programs that I work on is called the Industrial and High Risk Runoff Program, or IHRR for short. Um, and essentially what that is, it's a program whereby we go out and we inspect certain types of industrial activities um, that have been defined in federal and state regulations. We also look at facilities that may have some other type of um, activities that are high risk for contributing pollutants to stormwater. So that's what our program is. We try to inspect those facilities in an effort to prevent pollution of stormwater or to correct some things that are going on that that um, need to be corrected. Hmm. And um, so what are some of the types of um, industrial facilities in the mm -hmm. county yeah. um, that are the most risky? Well, we start with um, looking at, um, and this is, it starts kind of as a paper exercise, but, but there's a basis to it. There, within the state um, regulations, there are defined certain types of industrial activities that may be more at risk for contributing pollutants to stormwater. And so those are identified by the code, and um, they're listed by their standard industrial classification code, or SIC code, or SIC code for short. So that's another acronym for you. <laughs> And so we take a look at, at those facilities that exist within the county. But then there are some, some others that are defined in our permit that we need to take a look at, such as municipal landfills. We also take a look at major automotive facilities. We look at um, stone cutting facilities, some types of food service industries, and so on. So there are a great, um, I guess, variety of different types of industrial activities that we look at throughout the county. Okay, so um, just, you know, that all sounds incredibly official, and I, I <laughs> tend to try to break it down yeah. that my neighbor and I are talking, and, yeah. you know, so are, are we talking about um, auto mechanic shops? Are we talking about, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Are, the, yeah. are these places in when you're, when you're driving down and you, you just see an industrial complex or – is there a factory or way out in right near the border of Manassas? There's the big mm -hmm. quarry out there. What what kind of right. specific places are we talking about? Oh, yeah. These can include um, automotive service centers. So we do go out and take a look at those as well. And um, there are some areas um, in the county where you have more uh, concentrated industrial activities, but you can also have some of these facilities show up right in right in your neighborhood in a, in a mm -hmm. shopping center. And for example, um, you may not think of this, but some of the postal facilities um, are 
you know, the big hmm. postal facilities. We also take a look at those because they have, you know, large fleets of vehicles that need to be managed and maintained. They're unloading and loading equipment and, and all types of packages. So there's maybe opportunities there for pollution. So they're not just these highly, you know, you know, industrial stacks of facilities with smoke coming out of the top. There just could be, you know, any type of industrial activity that um, could contribute to to stormwater pollution. So um, you could also have, again, some food service industry. So we do get some grocers that are there, depending okay. on their size and what they're doing, if they're doing things that are outside. So, you know, you could see your neighborhood grocery store <laughs> be on, on that on a, a list for our inspection. So, yeah, don't just think, you know, heavy industrial, you know, um, type of facilities. There could be just kind of everyday commercial businesses that are out there that would get, get captured, and we take a look at those. Okay, and you mentioned, like, a stone cutting. Mm -hmm. um, is that, like, the solutions they use to spray on it or um... – yeah, so sometimes what happens with the stone cutting industries, and again, this is where you would go and get your your marble, you know, countertops cut, mm -hmm. you know, those types of biz businesses, they can generate a lot of dust. And so to control the, the air quality inside, sometimes you need a wetting operations or a mist to keep the to keep the dust, you know, out of the air. Uh, depending on the setup, you can have, you know, the floors be wet a lot of the times and some of that runoff can come outside of the building you know, from the inside to the outside of the building. And that's where the, the problems can be is if that's not controlled while that fluid is running outside of the building, it can find its way into a storm drain system. Okay, so this reminds me a little bit of a movie that was out maybe, mm -hmm. I don't know, 20 years ago, A Civil mm -hmm. Action. Oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. where it was the, uh, what was I think it was a furnishing, furniture, a furniture, um, operation and they had varnish mm -hmm. that was going on it was just leaking and all that yeah. fluid was mm -hmm. going into the the water supply there so yeah yeah uh, it is the same so kind of yeah the same type of concept okay. there it's really about trying to manage the waste from those industrial processes they they have to go somewhere so if they're not um plumb to the sanitary sewer system which is primarily going to be you know handling your indoor indoor waste it's likely going to the storm drainage system if it gets gets outside. Mm -hmm. In Fairfax County, those two se systems are separate. So you have the sanitary waste that comes from your homes and and from sinks and toilets and and whatnot and you know, uh, I guess industrial sinks that are that are inside plumbed going to the wastewater system where it's treated at a wastewater treatment plant. What happens outside, what gets into the storm drains and, you know, into the ditches and, and paved channels, those actually go to our streams. So that doesn't right. go through wastewater treatment or anything, <laughs> anything like that. So you have to assume, even though there may be the stormwater management facilities, you know, nearby controlling some of the volume of the stormwater and maybe sediment and nutrients, um, we can't really count on those ponds to treat everything. Um, so you have to kind of go into it with a mindset that if it's outdoors, it's exposed to stormwater, it could be getting directly into our streams, into our, um, you know, ponds and, and lakes. So Interesting. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about the process on what your team and what, what this department mm -hmm. does. 
Okay, so I will kind of start from the beginning. I talked about certain facilities being um, being within, I guess, our purview for the inspection program. So one of the first things that we do is we put together kind of a, a list of facilities that potentially could be subject to our inspection. And so, again, getting into some of the regulatory language here, um, we look at um, – the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality first, they have a list of facilities that they actually will, you know, permit and they inspect. So we have the list of facilities that they have. We also take a look at business databases um, for those particular SIC code, those standard industrial classification codes that I mentioned earlier, to see which ones of those facilities are actually in the county. So that's another source of information for us. We also um, listen to um, complaints from residents. So again, if you know a resident is going by a stone cutting facility or one of those grocers or the post office and they see something strange going on there, they can you know alert stormwater planning division. We'll go out and take a look at it, and we may identify at that time that oh yes, this is you know falls within industrial and high risk. This facility should be added to our program for inspection. And finally, um, our inspectors, they go out and they do some some drive-bys. So they may be out in an area and find a facility that's on our list. So that's one of the, that's the first thing we do is we try to identify the facilities. Uh, then we would go out and that once we have some potential facilities we want to look at, we would go out and, and, well, we notify them by mail first. So we usually give them about two weeks or so um, lead time before we come out for an inspection. Sometimes it's longer. They may The facilities may have up to a month um, to know that we're coming. And we explain through the letter what the program is, you know, a little bit about why we're doing the program and, and what to expect. Um, I don't know if you want me to keep talking about what happens once we get on site or... Well, um, sure. So do... Just real quick, more mm -hmm. of the genesis of this. Um, if someone has a new business or, mm -hmm. um, you know, and they're aware that they are going to be having these kind of materials, do they ever come to your group first to get educated on it? Or is it mm -hmm. something that people just go out and they do, they're not thinking about that. They're just doing their business and then they find <laughs> out afterwards that, oh, I'm not uh, disposing of this properly. Uh. It's it's usually the latter, and it's because partly because our our inspection program for this particular program is relatively new. So we've been doing inspections since about 2014, um, 2013, 2014, when we hired the first inspectors to do this. So you know, until this program matures, people are more or less businesses are maybe finding out a little bit after the fact. Now, I will say that we do have information on Fairfax County's website about the program, explaining what it does, um, including some educational materials and so on and so forth. But unless a business is really um, well in tune to the county, you know, regulations and what we're doing, you may not find that. So, oftentimes our first our first contact with the businesses is when the inspectors send those letters out and we go out and we mm -hmm. have the face-to-face -face conversations with them. And what are some of the reactions when they do go out to the businesses mm -hmm. once they find out this program is out there? Well, actually, the, the reactions from my perspective, what I've experienced so far, have been pretty good. Um, 
there some of these businesses are used to seeing county county staff out there for other programs for example the industrial waste section program for wastewater or the health department may have been to their facility before or the fire department so um so it's in one sense it's not that oh the county has suddenly come to coming to my facility because they they may have seen other other inspectors before but just not for stormwater so mm-hmm. that's a little bit new to them so we do take our time and explain why we're there and you know generally the um, businesses are are receptive and i think it helps that we you know had that that letter sent out ahead of time um it, i'm I'm really, really pleased to say we've had a good, good reception. And we do make it clear that we want to work with folks and help them to be in compliance with the regulations. Interesting. And so you mentioned what happens once you get to a place and yeah. there's trouble and mm-hmm. they have to correct something. What What is the process at that point? Uh, so if we get out and we, we have trouble, there are a couple of ways that we can we can determine if there's something that – that is troubling. Um, we go out and we, again, after we have that conversation, one of the things that we do, which is in, important for us to do in terms of the regulation, is to go out and look at our um, our storm drains. So we take a look at that first to see whether or not there's any type of flow or pollutants coming from the facility into the county-maintained system. So if we find something there, our inspectors will track, try to track where that's coming from from the facility. Um, Once we determine that, we will, you know, explain exactly what's going on, that there is a problem. Depending on the severity, some things need to be stopped immediately. For example, if you have um, hazardous types of materials, so like your gasoline or Mm -hmm. diesel fuel, um, acids, that type of thing, that needs to be stopped. Also, sanitary sewage coming outside in the storm is a no-no. They yeah, <laughs> need yeah. to be stopped immediately. So those things, we will get right right on them and, you know, get that resolved pretty quickly. Um, there are some other types of discharges where, um, for example, and I'll just put this out as an example, um, cooling tower discharges sometimes the 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 um, facilities that are used to, you know, really to keep your larger buildings cool mm-hmm. or if you have data centers. So, you know, those are sometimes uh, discharges that have been going on for a long time. They're not immediately dangerous, like but... F- Freon or, or some no, of the, no. uh, it's, uh, the stored coolant? Yeah, the water that recycles through the, okay. through the cooling tower. Sometimes it can contain um, metals such as copper, or oh, algicides, okay. that type of thing um, that, that doesn't necessarily pose an immediate acute um, impact such you know such as gasoline would would right. and dumping into water but the the issues with those is that sometimes it takes a little longer for those to resolve because they have to maybe make structural changes or get permits mm-hmm. so you know and we allow some time for that to for that to occur so it, what happens next sometimes when we find a problem depends on the type of the pollutant and the severity um, but oftentimes what we will try to do is work with the businesses on corrective actions. So it's more of a compliance assistance. We'll explain what the issue is, why it's an issue. Because some things aren't may not be obvious that, that there's an issue. Because, you know, we get into patterns and we've, we've always done it. <laughs> we've always yeah. done it like this. We've always washed down the floor and let the wash water go out the back door. Because that's what, that's what we've done. So we, we explain why those are issues. And again, going back to the beginning of our conversation, kind of connecting what happens on the land to what's happening in the water. Right. Because sometimes once that water gets into a storm drain, 
you, you don't see it. You don't see where it goes. It, it could be, you know, uh, uh, you know, hundreds of meters down the road or a couple of miles before it outlets to an actual wow. actual stream. So well, nobody I think, knows what happens. I think people <laughs> in general think they just see, you know, a grate on the bottom of the floor or they, yeah. you know, turn their sink on and, and dump something mm -hmm. down there, or, you know, whatever. They don't think about where it's going because they don't, yeah, they don't we see, don't, we where, don't see where it, where it goes, oftentimes. So. So, so that's one thing that we try to do is, is really offer compliance assistance first. Um, if that doesn't work or the problem is just too severe or, quite frankly, we should have known better, you know, don't dump the sewage into the storm drain, that type of thing, um, we can take um, enforcement action. So that would could take the form of a notice of violation, which is um, we would write under our county code, Chapter 124 which is also known as the Stormwater Management Ordinance. So if anyone's interested in taking a look at that, that code is available online. So we could write a notice of violation. We could also um, request civil charges um, to be settled out of court or civil penalties that would go through our court system. So the maximum under Chapter 124 that we could request for a civil penalty is $32,500 per violation per day of the violation. So it could be pretty significant mm -hmm. um, if if you know, pollutant is severe and it's not being controlled properly. Um, does your office have coordination with, um, like you mentioned, the the groups that deal with the sewage or these um, um, the other drainage possibilities? Uh, you know, not just protecting the stormwater, but protecting the wastewater mm -hmm. also. Um, uh, you know, I know the health department gets involved in some of this, and mm -hmm. and so how does any of that coordination work? Yes, we actually do have a lot of partners throughout the county to help us. Um, well, actually, with with another program, and maybe that'll be a topic for for another discussion. But we, um, the same team that that I work with, we also respond to illicit discharges and improper disposal. So mm -hmm. a lot of that is more complaint driven side of things. Um, so we see more of the interactions with other agencies and other departments within that program. But occasionally there's some overlap also with the industrial um, program. Um, wastewater, um, as I think I mentioned earlier, the industrial waste program, we do partner with them a lot, um, especially on things like uh, the stone cutting facilities, because mm -hmm. that is an industrial waste. Those wastes should be should be controlled in a certain manner under under wastewater codes. And so when we find those things, we would partner with them. We would notify them and partner with them to help resolve the problem. Um, again, with the cooling tower discharges, well, sometimes in order to remedy those, um, plumbing needs to be done to, to fix, the, fix the issue. So that brings in coordination with our land development services so that the businesses can get the proper building and plumbing permits that they need. Okay. Um, other issues, hazardous waste, um, coordination with the fire marshal's um, office. We coordinate with them a lot, probably a lot more on the on the side of illicit discharge and improper disposal, but we do work with them. And, and certainly if there are issues with, um, with, with sewage, the health department may be involved as well. So we do have um, partnerships um, throughout the county and other organizations that we work with closely to resolve resolve the issues. Sure, and, and as a resident, I would mm -hmm. say that probably mm -hmm. is the most um, uh, relieving aspect of that. That <laughs> yeah. you mentioned that uh, the, the businesses might get 
used to having various mm-hmm. inspectors come out from the county. Right. And so then you feel like things might get stovepiped. But, you know, it does sound mm-hmm. like there's that coordination where if mm-hmm. there's uh, a business that has multiple issues that, that right. the the inspectors or the different entities work together on a lot of that stuff. So. Yes, we do. We've tried to be very intentional about, you know, and even as, as new issues start to arise with new development or just new technologies coming along, um, we've had really, you know, a great relationship with land development services because they can identify these things as they come in on building plans and mm-hmm. site plans. And so it, that's been very, very helpful um, relationship that we have with them. So, yeah, we've been very, very intentional about sharing information. So what is something that um, residents can look for, whether they're um, noticing something um, in shopping centers that they that they might see the back of or um, if they're consumers of certain products, is there something that the residents can kind of keep an eye out for um, if they were having to ever notify the county of anything that they're concerned hmm. about? So we would inform the, the businesses and the residents of, of the same thing. There are two, well, two things that we, you know, ask the businesses to to, to be aware of. One thing is where the storm drains are around their property. So awareness is a big, a big part of this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you, you know, in the course of doing your business, you may not even be really aware of where those storm drains are or where those um, ditches and storm channels are and where they go. So just knowing where they are can really help you to keep things out of it. The other thing is to look at the, the practices, what you're actually doing. And this could be as simple as, you know, do you have open containers of chemicals, paint, anything like that, that mm-hmm. could be exposed to, to rain um, that's outside? Do you have stacks of or piles of loose material like sand or salt outside? You know, think about what would happen to that if we got a downpour. You know, that's going to go into our storm drainage system. So the same thing um, for residents who are out there as well. You know, if you're seeing certainly um, things that are, you know, suds, things that are oily and greasy, you know, moving towards a storm drain, that would be something that we would want to know about. Of course, on the other end, they may see things that are happening on the on the other end, the outfall where it actually comes out into the stream. So, you know, um, no, we also get get um, alerted by residents who have been out walking their walking their pets, you know, by their you know local local stream and said, hey, you know, I see something that you know discolored coming a out or something milky, a water, rainbow right. color or or something smells odd. Mm-hmm. So so they're sometimes likely to see it coming out on on the other end. Oh, but okay. if but if you're around the business or or I should say too, even um if you're you're at your home and you have a contractor who's coming out and doing work, sometimes, you know, they will take those paintbrushes and <laughs> wash them out right there at the sidewalk, and there's a storm drain there. Oh, so yeah. being aware of just what's going on, where the storm drains, and what is the activity. Could this potentially be exposed to stormwater? Could it potentially go into into a stream? You know, so those are the types of things we would ask people to be be aware of, just where the where the storm drains are and what you're actually doing. Is there something that, that could potentially run to a storm drain? Um, and so how many facilities do you guys inspect? The list of facilities changes over time. We've had um, some changes programmatically that, you know, 
brings, you know, brought different um, facilities in. So at one point, our list was relatively small. It was like a couple hundred. Now we're probably to a couple thousand different facilities. But over time, I will say since about 2014, we've probably been out and inspected several hundred of those mm -hmm. facilities off, our, off of our list. Interesting. Um, and is there a is there a recurring problem that we tend to see more often than others? Is there a trend? Mm. Are things getting better since we started? Is, is mm. uh, um, yeah, I think it's relatively early in this program to 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 talk about trends necessarily. Um, we're on a five-year cycle, both with our permit and in terms of our um, team goals in terms of inspecting. So we try mm -hmm. to get out to each of these facilities at least once every five years. It could be more frequently than that, but that's our goal right now to get to each one of them. So we're just now finishing up one of those um, five-year cycles now. And so in order to to determine are things getting getting better I think it may take us another cycle to really look you know to go back and say okay we've been to this facility you know are they doing better this time than they than they were last time um, the good news is is that proportionally out of the facilities that we inspect there are um, few that really get to the point of having a, a formal notice of, of violation um, we see a lot more of that happening on the other side of our mm -hmm. program where we have the complaints, you know, because right. we know something, we're alerted because something is happening at that point in time. Um, but, you know, I've been very happy to say that, you know, once we go out and we, we always, you know, educate and try to explain how they can use best management practices to either prevent something from happening or doing things a little better. But I'm happy to say we haven't had like a lot of bad problems through the through the inspection program that we've discovered. Now, we don't have a wall up mm -hmm. that protects mm -hmm. the water, you mm -hmm. know, the wall that we're going to get around all of Fairfax County mm -hmm. so we don't have to deal with Prince William and Loud in Arlington. <laughs> um, you know, we got to put that wall up. But um, um, So is there coordination between mm -hmm. the other jurisdictions in the area between your groups? Because, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if there's – you know, if a Fairfax County business could then affect someone mm -hmm. in Alexandria or someone mm -hmm. from Loudoun or Prince William that would then affect water in Fairfax mm -hmm. County or vice versa, mm -hmm. or the fact that if there's another entity in Loudoun, another ecologist that is doing the mm -hmm. same thing that you're doing, is right. there any communication and coordination with the groups um, in the other jurisdictions? Yes. So we do have... Um, not with our inspections per se. We do those inspections separately. But if there is a business in one jurisdiction or another that's affecting the other jurisdiction, we certainly notify them. Um, again, when we're talking about illicit discharges, we have a lot more of the coordination there. Mm -hmm. And we've had some instances recently um, um, around the that affected Arlington County. So we're coordinating with our with our peers there pretty closely and trying to resolve those issues. Um, oh, there was one more thing that I wanted to oh that I wanted to add. Um, in terms of other municipalities, and this is something that folks may not think think about either, but um, VDOT they have their own. Um, MS4 permit, their mm -hmm. own stormwater permit. And so they're probably one of the largest <laughs> um, agencies um, 
outside of the county well, that we that we coordinate with disrupting because, a lot of land <laughs> yeah um, because we do have um, a lot of things that go back and forth you know some of the businesses in the in the county may be contributing things that go into the storm drains associated with their roadways and mm-hmm. and you know occasionally there could be something that's happening on the roadway that ends up coming into the county storm drainage system so so yeah we do have coordination with, with VDOT as well metros construction might be a factor also could be yeah okay well this has been interesting i, I you know i know it's it's not uh, you, you know a lot of, we we recently talked about recycling which is something that mm-hmm. residents can certainly have questions about and certainly what they can take um, you know, something that they can own. This is something that, you know, was part of uh, governmental oversight that, you know, you may not realize is out there, but certainly is something that is out there to protect our waterways. Yes. Um, and the beloved Chesapeake Bay, right? Yes. So um, <laughs> do you still go out to the, to the shore a lot? Yeah, I try to get out there um, as frequently as I can. <laughs> yeah, I still have family there, so oh, I go back pretty regularly. Good. Yes. Well, Takesha, thank you so much for joining us. Thank um, you. We really, again, this is Takesha Cannon um, with Stormwater Management. She does the IHRR and the MS4, all those fun acronyms. Yes. Um, and thanks for coming in to talk to us about industrial and high-risk runoff inspection program. Thank you very much for having me. And, uh, um, yeah, so th- this is the interesting stuff we get to talk about on the mm-hmm. environmental side and what um, our government groups are doing to help protect the environment. Again, I'm Scott Coco for Fairfax County's EnviroPod. Um, I want to thank my friend Irene for helping to set this up. Hi, Irene. And uh, uh, to making sure that we have great people and topics to talk about. Um, here in Fairfax County. You can hear EnviroPod on um, the DPWES site. You can connect it through fairfaxcounty.com slash podcasts and find EnviroPod. We are on SoundCloud, and yes, now we are on iTunes. So please check us out. Let us know how it's going. Um, If there are any topics that you want to see, you can always contact us also. Um, Again, I'm Scott Coco for EnviroPod. Thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you next time.